This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is making finances easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Paul Cochran here with Providence Advisors Group, making finances easier. I'm here with Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Good morning, Paul. How you doing? Uh, so far, so good today. Good. So um, let me guess, uh, your favorite football game ever? Oh, uh, <laughs> actually, you know what? I have two. Uh, the, the biggest one, obviously, was the... Uh, Tennessee game we just saw yesterday. Maybe you can share a little bit. You actually were there. I was just watching it on my back porch. But, uh, you know, another one against the grain is I remember as a kid the uh, the Music City Miracle with the Tennessee Titans. I don't know if that was 98, 99, or 2000, but uh, about that same similar level of excitement as the Vols beating uh, Alabama this past weekend was seeing Frank Wycheck throw that ball across the field, and I forget who he threw it to. Too, but running the length and I think beating the Buffalo Bills there uh, that was a huge year for nice. the Tennessee Titans what about you Paul yeah there's not any question uh, we were sitting in section Q for the game and as you know I don't go to a lot of games I, I'm more of a TV guy watching it there but we had some guests in town and um, had planned for some time to take them to the game. And so actually, we uh, I took Friday off and we uh, did a hike up to uh, Charlie's Bunyan and the weather was just splendid and everybody enjoyed it. And then, um, of course, going with Bruce, since he was a, a letterman, letterman, we were able to go to the Letterman's Club starting early in the morning on Saturday and, of course, college game day. Kind of the whole nine yards uh, being able to experience it. Our friends over at Egerton McAfee, uh, they fed us lunch there at their tent. That was really great. And and um, I tell you, uh, there's nothing uh, – probably more I can say than has already been said about the game since it was so amazing. But uh, the one thing that I, that really surprised me was how loud it was. I mean, Sandy's always telling me, turn that music down, it's so loud, because I like loud music and stuff. But I had to have my fingers in my ears. It was so loud. Apparently it got up to 124 decibels, which is close to a jet airplane. And uh, I'm I think I might have told you a couple times I even winced the, the it was so loud in that stadium and it clearly uh, you know was affecting them particularly in the first half but um, when the the final ball went through the goalpost we were you know kind of on the side there we were probably at the 10 yard line so we couldn't see if it went through or not uh, we didn't know until it, you know we saw the kind of the wounded duck type of ball going through it didn't look good but we didn't know until the referee raised his hands, you know, that it was good. And uh, and a lot of us who are older, in fact, I'm sure younger folks too, I mean, we, we literally had tears in our eyes because we'd seen it go the other way so many times that for it to come out on top, we were just thrilled. So um, 
That was a softball of a question, wasn't it? Yeah, wish I was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, our neighbors are season ticket holders, and I didn't think this was going to be the year to get offered some free tickets. But my five-year-old son and I—they said they weren't going to go to the UT Martin game, and so we've got we've got a couple tickets to go watch the there game this go. Saturday. And uh, thank goodness, I think the weather's going to be beautiful versus nice. these past two days where it's been frigid. Nice. Well, you guys will will love that. Okay, well, on to some interesting things here. You know, um, uh, Social Security uh, never seems to uh, ceases to amaze me with the the various uh, rules and changes. And so, I'm really grateful, Garrett, that you uh, keep your finger on the pulse of everything Social Security. So, uh, tell us about what happened last week and uh, and how it affects us. Okay, so uh, let's start off with the headline, and the headline was that inflation that we've been going through this year is pushing the Social Security annual cost of living adjustment, we call it the COLA, uh, to an 8.7% increase for all Social Security beneficiaries in 2023. So uh, if you are currently on Social Security, or uh, even if you're still working, you're going to get credited for this, but there's an inflation adjustment of 8.7% for people next year in 2023. And, you know, uh, just so our listeners understand, they basically compare third quarter of last year to third quarter of this year, and they're basically looking at the CPI, right, Garrett? That's correct. And uh, the delta between those two is how they determine that 8.7%. Correct. And so this is the largest COLA increase in the last four decades. Uh, The average Social Security benefit in 2023, this means across all people receiving a check, young and old, will be $1,669 a month, and that will increase to $1,814 a month next year in 2023. So that's a delta or an increase for the average Social Security beneficiary uh, of $145 a month. Uh, The other part is if you're still working, uh, you're going to be paying Social Security tax on more of your earnings. The Social Security payroll tax increased from $147,000 to $160,200 in 2023. So again, if you're still working and you're paying into Social Security, you're still going to be credited that 8.7% increase uh, when you get ready to file, but uh, your W-2 wages are going to be paying that Social Security tax next year all the way up to $160,200. So that'll be a a noticeable increase for some people with Social Security payroll tax. Uh, COLAs are really important for retirees. Uh, Some people uh, that are retired right now, they have pensions from previous employment. A a lot of those do not have inflation adjustments for each year. Uh, And the double whammy is that the market has declined. And so cost of living adjustments with Social Security for a lot of people's largest retirement asset in that monthly check uh, is a good protection for 2023. And so last year, or you know, this year, 2022, uh, there was a 5.9% 
cost of living adjustment. And so people were uh, glad to get that. But the double-edged sword was that Medicare premiums went up by 14 and a half percent. And so for a lot of people, they did get an increase in their social security check because of inflation and that helped, but it was almost entirely taken away by increased Medicare premium costs. So, uh, you know, good news, bad news is that a lot of people, standard of living or ability to keep up purchasing power just didn't happen last year, even with the 6% inflation adjustment. But this year in 2023, or should I say in 2023 next year when that 8.7% inflation adjustment hits, uh, the good news for a lot of retirees is that their Medicare, get this, is actually decreasing in premium costs. They're expecting by $5 a month. Yeah, can you explain why that might be, how they lower premiums? this is where Bruce is kind of an expert in our office. I know enough to be dangerous, but uh, when it comes to Medicare, I think last year there was an Alzheimer's drug that Medicare was expecting to be really expensive and their cost to shoot up dramatically, which mm-hmm. caused the increase in Part B and D premiums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in their accounting for this past 2022 year, they found out the Alzheimer drug wasn't as expensive or maybe there's been some some red tape where they're not mm. using it as much mm. and so their their costs have have come down this year so they overestimated last year and they're trying to make things balance out in 2023 and so that means uh social security folks you're getting an increase in monthly income and your medicare is going down so that that doesn't happen uh that often do you have any idea you know we talk about on the show about the irma charges and about how if people's income are above certain levels, they have these tiered levels that as you break through those levels, your Medicare premiums increase. So I presume those will drop as well? The uh, So another part of this is this week the – uh, IRS is coming out with inflation adjustment tax brackets, and so we'll we'll have to catch up and see how far those go up yeah. and how far the Medicare Irma brackets go up. But yeah, the uh, a big thing in our world is that Medicare is means adjusted, meaning that the more income that you make, the the higher the chance that you'll have to pay more for your Medicare Part D and Part D premiums. And uh, for a lot of our clients, that's a real issue that they face, especially if they do a Roth conversion or maybe there's a liquidity event with a business sale, something happened where income spikes. And so the way those IRMA charges work is that they're based on the uh, or they're calculated on the base Medicare premium amount. So if the base Medicare premium amount is going down by $5, that does mean that IRMA charges will drop by that $5 a month. But that $5 a month pales in comparison to the additional charges. I think it's like $960 a month extra if you go into that first tier, and then it gets even more expensive after that. Okay, well, good. Well, again, I don't want to get you too far off track, but while we're talking about that, one of the things that that comes up anytime somebody has an involuntary, even though it's welcome, anytime they have an involuntary raise, uh, their tax brackets need to be a, need to be looked at because it's theoretically possible, is it not, that someone could have this increase in Social Security and it could take them from a 12% tax bracket to a 22% tax bracket if they're close up against it. 
Um, you know, that's one of the reasons uh, why we recommend for all of our clients, and it really, you listeners, um, again, we're at makingfinanceseasier.com, 865-770-5031. Call us if you'd like to drill down into this. But one of the things we do is we'll ask for people to provide us their tax return, and we do some analysis, and we can kind of help the the way our uh, software and the analysis frames it. It allows us to uh, kind of give a bird's eye view and even get granular into uh, these issues of IRMA charges, Roth conversion numbers, how any changes in their income would affect their tax bracket given the standard deduction or whether they itemize. Um, but I think looking at your tax brackets could uh, could really pay a dividend overall. Yeah. And so, uh, Paul, you brought me on in 2013, almost 10 years ago, and I would say that Social Security planning has become a, a big emphasis of how we work with retirees. In fact, sometimes I would even say it's uh, it's really kind of a cornerstone, foundational level for retirement planning. Uh, you've, you've, you've worked for 30, 40 years. You've paid into the system. The idea is that we want to maximize that benefit, get every uh, penny we can from Social Security so that it puts the least amount of pressure on your other investments and savings assets. And that's really been kind of a tenant in our financial financial planning with retirees. And I feel like, uh, you know, we, we really do have the expertise to do that. And yeah, let me interrupt you. And I would also say that this is really kudos to you, Garrett, that um, we have uh, been able to save literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that otherwise would have been left on the table uh, by people who would just kind of do the default uh, kind of uh, what they would think would be a logical solution, maybe a break-even analysis or something for the Social Security, but they were making expensive mistakes and we kept them from doing so. And that saved them a lot of money. And so uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm over here thinking, wow, if people take Social Security for granted, they do it to their peril. Yeah, and I think I've seen a stat where uh, they say up to 50% of uh, people take Social Security at 62. And so there, there's a longer discussion there. You know, there's not when to file for Social Security isn't always a ethical right or wrong decision. Every household is going to be unique. Uh, but in the almost 10 years of doing this, uh, I will say that the, that the topic and planning conversation around Social Security is, uh, for lack of better words, can be contentious sometimes because it's related to our uh future prediction of what the world is going to look like over the next 20 years and can the government continue to pay these funds out and what I found is that I have to address uh, my perspective on the future of Social Security and the the client's perspective of the future of Social Security before I get into any of the nuts and bolts because if you don't think Social Security is going to be around for another 10 years people are going to file as soon as they can at 62. And so I, when I do these workshops, I always start with this slide of FDR signing the Social Security Act. And Social Security got started in August of 1935. 
And if you do the math there, that means that Social Security just turned 87 years old, and it's been through a lot of different presidents, different economies, uh, different wars, and it's arguably one of the, uh, in, in my opinion, one of the government's more successful programs and initiatives, right, along with its brother-sister program, Medicare. Uh, it really is a safety net for a lot of people. Uh, but through those 87 years, it's arguably been a success and it's evolved uh, many, many times. And so one of those situations Social Security has been through before that it's going through again is a period of high inflation. And so uh, there was a period in the 1980s where inflation was high. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 35 and I've only heard stories about how excited everybody was to lock in an 11% mortgage on their house that they were taking a loan out. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, this, it, it, just even a couple of years ago, I think I refinanced ours to 2.6%, which was unheard of for anybody in the eighties. But what we're seeing is, Over seven. uh, those, Mortgage rates have now climbed up to really a year ago. Seems like an unfathomable seven percent for a thirty-year fixed mortgage. When just a year and a half ago it was at two point six, two point seven five. Paul, I thought for the last few minutes we could just kind of talk about you know what can we do, what can we offer people, how do we counsel through these situations, and uh, one side comment uh, that I thought about this morning was that I. You know, we are in a, a tougher market year where clients are seeing their portfolios drop uh, since January. And I, I do think this Social Security 8.7% cost of living adjustment for clients that have followed through with our advice, and especially in married couples where one of them has delayed, uh, an 8.7% COLA on a $3,000 a month social security benefit is going to be a couple $300, so two to $300 a month extra that will be coming into their bank account. And I think for some people that wise social security delaying decision will help them weather this upcoming year a little bit better because they'll have more monthly income coming in from social security. Yeah, I think some, some of the confusion lies, uh, like I've heard uh, people make the comment, well, gosh, I better... I better file so I can get this increase. But people need to understand that the increase is going to apply to them whether they have filed or not. Correct. Uh, another thing I think we can do, and Paul already alluded to it, is that we, we do have this social security planning software. We call it a social security maximization report. And, uh, you know, if you're interested, you can call 865-770-5031 or go to our website, makingfinanceseasier.com. And there's a schedule an appointment or schedule a phone call. And uh, you can come to our office. I can do a phone call and we can talk through uh, your social security situation and you know what you see, but our our software asks for some inputs. It's asking for your social security benefit amount that you're eligible for at your full retirement age. If you're married, we want to know your spouse's benefit. We want to know your date of birth. We're going to talk about your average, or you're going to talk about a life expectancy that makes sense for you and a spouse uh, based on your current health, maybe based on parents' longevity. Uh, we don't know the future, but we want to take an educated guess. And uh, our, our software and our experience, we can work around all of these working rules that if you file before your full retirement age, uh, you can have benefits withheld. And 
Uh, believe it or not, even once you file for Social Security, you're probably going to owe federal income taxes on those benefits. And uh, I think one of the big benefits, there's calculators on the internet that you can go use for free, but uh, I think what we offer, what I've offered hundreds of appointments just like this, is uh, I think most people have a general sense of what they want to do they just want to make sure that they don't make a mistake and end up five, ten years down the road that they didn't, they weren't aware of this rule or that rule, and they would have done something different. And uh, I think that's where I spend a lot of my times and my appointments with Social Security is just uh, running a report, but then interpreting the report based on your or our client's specific circumstances. Yeah, you know, um, there are, are so many things that are kind of different than the the normal assumptions that we might make about Social Security. And uh, and you, you, you touched on this a little bit a while ago. Uh, some people might think, well, I know the advice is going to be to wait till 70, or I know the advice is going to be to wait till my full, uh, full retirement age. But, you know, it's interesting, Garrett, when I peruse back through the Social Security maximization reports that we've done for hundreds of clients over the years, you know, I don't think any two households have ever been exactly the same. Like it told me to have Sandy file at 62. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I can't think of a single client household, and again, this might be a little bit uh, counterintuitive to our listeners, but I can't think of a single household, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, where it said, okay, both spouses need to wait to age 70. <laughs> or on the other hand, both uh, spouses need to start at 62. It's usually kind of a, a mixture in there. And then to your point earlier, um, just because it's a mathematical optimum doesn't mean it's the one we need to choose. It, it really does depend on what they're trying to accomplish, their level of risk, their other assets, um, their, their longevity, what they're trying to accomplish. How does it fit into their overall financial plan? Um, that's where I think uh, you know our advice can, can really dial it in. Yeah, and I think that's the value, and I mentioned a second ago, is that life isn't a calculator. And so that's the danger of going on the website and just typing in some information is that uh, – you know, it's, it's not factoring in life expectancy and your desire and your financial goals. And uh, what I would say is that Social Security, we're, we're glad there's a cost of living adjustment this year. Uh, it, it'll be a big one. It should add a material amount to your bank account if you're on Social Security. And that's really the first step of a financial plan. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, here in the next week or so we can get Bruce on and we can uh, talk about Medicare a little bit more in depth. And then even that discussion about long-term care planning, because once you get Social security in place. There's these other issues of Roth conversions, long-term care insurance, and how you would pay for that in Medicare. Uh, and that's kind of in our wheelhouse. But that's that's really all I got for today, Paul. Any, any last comments? No, Garrett, that's super helpful. Thanks. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online 
at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.